Welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Exploring alternative investment opportunities available to the everyday investor. Here's your host, Ben Lakoff. Hello and welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Today's interview is with Jordan Lyle. Jordan is an OG in the space and has been involved with NFTs from the very beginning. He's been involved with crypto and Bitcoin from very, very early on. In this episode, we have a wide-ranging conversation from his company, Nifty's, working with gigantic brands like Warner Brothers to use NFTs for super engagement of their fans to the more community-centric projects in the more niche corners of the internet like meme and raccoons and the power of memes on the internet overall. I really enjoyed this conversation. And remember that I'm doing a lot of these podcasts live on Twitter spaces. So I do them from my personal account at Ben Lakoff, as well as the podcast account at Invest in Alts. I hope you can join one day and ask questions directly to the guest. We went for another hour after the episode ended. I'm cutting out the questions now to keep this in podcast form, but they are very, very fun. Before we jump into the episode, I also wanted to take a second to thank you for all the great questions and feedback I've been getting. You guys are freaking awesome. If you're getting some sort of value from these podcasts, please drop me a line or even a review. These things mean a lot and I really appreciate it. All right. Enjoy this conversation with Jordan on all things NFT. Jordan, welcome to the Alt Asset Allocation Podcast. Excited to have you on today. Hey, Ben. Great to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a long time coming, man. We're like, you know, friends from the internet that started seeing each other more often <laughs> at conferences. You were like the one person that I know that even if a NFT conference has like 20,000 people there, I'll end up running into you a few times. And it's always great to see you IRL uh, and, and great to finally do this on, on podcast form. Right back at you. I know we're involved in several different things together. And, and like you said, keep running into each other at all these events. But it's great to uh, be on your podcast. Excited. Damn straight. And one day, one day, we'll, we'll get you over to Crypto Mondays in Venice, you know, one day. <laughs> cool. Everybody jumping into this Twitter spaces knows you and what you are up to. But like I said, this will be recorded. So let's start off with a little background on you and what led you to where you are today. Sounds good. Let's do it. I am, you know, eyeballs deep in the NFT space right now. And I'm, you know, those of us that have been in this space can probably relate, but like my friends and family knows, know me as the NFT guy, but my background is in, you know, I've, I've been, I've been full-time building on the blockchain for over four years now. Prior to that, I was building products and startups in the web two space I actually started up a an app mobile app startup and and sold it to a company called Jibjab and they've been around for a long time they're they're also an LA based you know media company and made famous by like the elf yourself and so we were acquired we were their first and only acquisition and it's really just a culture for like for having fun on the internet and I worked there for for 4 years until Ethereum came around and and that just blew my mind that I can like you can build stuff on this blockchain and it's more than just Bitcoin. It's more than just digital gold, but you can actually build products and services and, and start to replace some of these 
banking services. And I, I jumped in. So I, I went to work for a company called Total, T-O-T-L-E, and they're a DEX aggregator. And they, they work a lot with different decentralized exchanges and providing liquidity to a lot of apps for trading tokens. I was the chief product officer there, helped get them off the ground, launch the product. And then in 2019, when DeFi kind of became a word, became a, th- a thing, I was recruited over to Consensus. And I was at Consensus, the big blockchain company founded by one of the co-founders of Ethereum itself. I was at Consensus for a couple of years and I was head of product for, sorry, not, not in, at the entire Consensus, but I was head of product for DeFi. So I was leading a couple DeFi-related product groups, and we launched several products there within the DeFi space. And then DeFi summer, you know, by day I was I was building DeFi products. By night, it was a DGen participating in yield farming and and having having fun there. And while still employed at at Consensus, I launched this project, this community called Meme. The website was don'tbuymeme.com. Still, still is available, and that just kind of sent sent the whole world spinning. Meme was, as you know, as you were kind of there in the early days as well. Meme, meme was kind of like an early influence, early project. The intersection of DeFi and NFTs it kind of struck it right at the right time, and that that allowed me to just jump in with just completely into the NFT space. Um, launched that the the meme platform in 2020 and then in 2021 just over a year ago kind of pivoted to nifties and handed i handed off the meme community over to the to the community itself and then kind of jumped in with nifties and i'm a co-founder at and we're we're continuing to experiment of like what what do nfts mean to like large-scale ip brands and big growing communities so nifties.com, N-I-F-T-Y-S.com, and we launched projects like Space Jam and Matrix, and we got a lot of other big, cool projects coming up soon. And I know I'm going through my my entire, I don't know if that was the, the intention of your question. I'm going through my whole resume here, but yeah. recently <laughs> no, kicked off the raccoon thing too as well. So I I just I just like having fun on the internet and now it just happens to be NFT season and and you know I it's just it's just been a blast you know this is like everything coming together of like fun gifts and memes you know I made I had a business doing fun gifts and memes that w- that was acquired by Jib Jab and then I worked in blockchain and now I'm doing fun fun content on the blockchain so it's the perfect you know story arc for me personally <laughs> I, I love it and I, I didn't realize you were product at Total, I, which I already, always said that name incorrectly because I, I read it as Total, I think. And I'm not sure if I'm the only one. But yeah, that's a name I haven't seen or heard for a while. I definitely want to jump into, you know, meme and nifties and raccoons in a little bit more detail. But perhaps stepping back, what what interested you in the NFT space initially? I mean, especially coming coming from DeFi, going into DeFi meets NFTs and then full NFTs. But what was kind of that spark that made NFTs more interesting for you from the get-go? Yeah, my my very first NFT that I minted was CryptoKitties in 2017. I'm part of that group that, you know, we, we clogged the blockchain by minting crypto kitties and trying to breed them at the at the end of the year 2017 and it was it was it just blew my mind you know here i was thinking that 
that Ethereum was cool because you could build like maybe like little loans or smart contracts that could control, you know, financial vehicles or whatever. I can send money to you and then have a rule that sends also sends 10% over here. But CryptoKitties really did blow my mind around how there's value here in a non-fungible way, right? With with art and collectibles. And, and I used this analogy a lot when I was telling friends, like introducing them to NFTs way back then. And I still use it every so often now. And it's like, you know, what are NFTs? Well, just think about digital assets. If I took a picture, if I took a selfie and I send it to a hundred friends, there's now a hundred copies. Up until this point, up until the blockchain, we hadn't been able to distinguish one digital asset from another or prove uniqueness. And now we can. Now using the blockchain, we can assign a digital asset to a token, to a record on this this ledger. And now we know that there's only one of these things that exist. And not only that, but, you know, it's been owned, you know, Ben owned it and then I bought it. So that really, that really, you know, stuck with me. I, I continued my career in, in building products and, and working at Consensus and really focused on DEXs and, you know, decentralized lending and collateralization and stuff like that. But it wasn't until, you know, summer of 2020 where NFTs kind of came back around. I had my eye on them and I, I was collecting here and there. But it wasn't until Mean kind of spun out of control there and, and launched that project that I was like, wow, this community is quite amazing. And I, and I fell in love with the space from the community, getting able, you know, being able to work with artists. And it was just a group of people, you know, I was used to working with or building products for, you know, financial project. I was used to building financial products for people that were just trying to earn a little bit extra APY, right? Or... Dgens trying to flip this the, these tokens, but now you get into this NFT community, and there are people that are in it for the tech, the tech that allows art to just totally expand. And now we're able to give artists an opportunity to earn an income. Digital artists can now earn a living, and everybody was just so welcoming. And it was kind of the coming together of like my my technical passions and like creativity. So that's when I just decided to go all in and start an NFT company. But it, it's been it's been a few years, but really just in the last couple of years, like with a lot of us that decided to make it our, our life's work. I love it. I love it. I, so you pretty much answered my my next kind of question, but I'm sure you like I am and dubbed like the NFT guy, as you were the crypto guy, and every <laughs> kind of conversation ends up with some newbies questions about this strange world in which we operate, which I'm fine with. But I actually use a very similar example about digital assets and true ownership and perfect provenance on the mm. blockchain as a way to explain why these things have value. But what do you tell people if they just don't you know, air quotes, get it. And they just can't wrap their head around how this thing, this NFT, this perfect provenance, digital or digital asset, true ownership, what do you do to kind of get them over the line or what have you used in the past that is perhaps helpful? There's the classic, you know, example of Mona Lisa. There are lots of pictures of Mona Lisa. I can put it up on my wall, but 
like only one entity owns the Mona Lisa. That that's usually helpful, not always, but I, I think there's there's also something about like, you know, traditional art. Sometimes you can get into, you know, baseball cards. Some of my friends that connect, you know, on the whole trading card side of the story, right? Where it's, they get rarity, they get the the collectability and there's only certain amount, number of these cards printed. But another cool thing is just like, you know, what, what if you got an autographed painting from an artist and it's proven that it's art, autographed? And then what if there's a way to do that digitally? So we know that this artist minted it because we see on the blockchain that, you know, they signed it digitally. Uh, and then and that's literally what what happens. An artist signs it digitally with their wallets. We know it's from them. It is kind of a big hurdle for people, but that's why I think it kind of needed to kind of take its course. You know, Bitcoin, then Ethereum, and then DeFi, and then now NFTs are having its moment. We needed to kind of go through the rabbit hole in, in a certain order, so to speak, right? Where we kind of already get that things can be digital and still have value. People coming at it now could could struggle with that and struggle with like, how is their digital value when it can be easily copied. But then again, I see my brother Taylor just joined the the Twitter spaces and he, he kind of, it, it kind of sparked for him when he got into uh, Top Shot. And now he can, you know, trade a LeBron highlight and uh, there's suddenly value there. And that was kind of his, his gateway into discovering, okay, th- th- I get what NFTs now are, are all about. I'm used to trading basketball cards. So now I see that there are rarities I open up a pack and I get something and there's only 10 that exist. And then he was able to kind of go from there and ask me a bunch of questions around, okay, what what does all this stuff do? What's MetaMask all about? And I was able to kind of walk him through get, getting him up to speed on the rest of the, the NFT community. So I think it's a, it's a different conversation depending on who you're, who you're speaking with, whether they have knowledge of tech or crypto or trading cards or art market or you really have to if you want to do it right you really have to sit down with each individual person and hear out their story first yeah it's this is this is why nfts are so powerful right there's different stories and different things resonate for different people but that's why it's just difficult to get people to that point but it's a matter of finding that that particular one for sure Let's zoom out a bit. So NFT landscape, you've been in it since you know, the beginning. Well, for sure, basically with CryptoKitties, but certainly of this, this massive bull. Can you give an overview of the NFT market now, what it looks like? Wow, what a question. An overview of the NFT market and what it looks like. <laughs> no, I mean, like, where are we in the hype cycle? There's a bunch of trash coming online. More and more big companies starting to think about this, moving out of just PFPs, just kind of like, you know, riff on it, whatever, whatever kind of makes the most sense for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've i never been able to, 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 to tell where we're at in the market cycle. So, so take this with a grain of salt. There are arguments that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're topping out here, but I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, we're just getting started with this technology and, and what it can do. We're just now, like, if, if you're familiar with like what's going on on the music NFT side, like people are just starting to get into it and platforms are just coming around and artists are, are just now launching and experimenting with it. 
I, I feel this NFT technology is going to revolutionize media in general, and, and, and it's going to affect how people consume and create and collect and earn from and participate in communities. It's just going to change up not just entertainment, but so many other, so many other industries. And I would say that where, you know, I started Nifties with my co-founders just over a year ago, and we were having conversations with big brands, big sporting leagues, big studios, big, big creators and entertainers. And there was some interest there. And there, the question from some of those brands was like, you know, we, we can go put our, put our logo on an NFT and sell it on OpenSea, but we don't really, you know, we care more about our brand than like flipping something for a million bucks. Right. We started talking to more and more people and it's like these brands are starting to get it now. And these big, large conglomerates, they, they care more about, you know, a thousand passionate fans, a million passionate fans than they do a million bucks. Right. So that's what a lot of what we've done on the nifty side. So I think we're still really early on and we're still experimenting. And this whole big, this whole crypto thing is just one giant experimentation. And we're still kind of figuring out and we're, we're finding pockets of success. And that, go, that I think go beyond hype. Board Apes has proven that, that they can actually create a thriving community and create an economy and create something that, that you know, it's IP that people are really excited about. It's, it's much more than just number go up, which I think would like define pure hype. And there is a lot of that. But I think we're starting to find pieces of success here that I think can can last a while. I know everyone always mentions on on these types of podcasts that like 99% of the projects out there will will fail. Well, it depends on what you're what you're what you mean by fail. Like, and I I know we'll probably get into the the raccoon project in a little bit, but there are only a hundred of them. Some people have multiple, so there's probably I think there's only the numbers like seventy three. It's never you know at, in its current form, it's it's not going to get NFTs in the hands of ten thousand people. But there's you've got a handful of really passionate people that <laughs> enjoy community that we've kind of created this little little economy, and I would say it's a success. So I think. I think it's really pessimistic to say that 99% of projects out there will fail. It's just finding you, you don't need just, just like we're seeing with YouTube and all these influencers, you, you don't need, you know, millions of, of people listening. You really just need a hundred passionate community members or a thousand paying fans or, you know, whatever the number is for you. So I think we'll still see success in, in kind of small, small, you know, shards if you will yeah and i think it's important that success is defined very differently by multiple people and that that kevin kelly article the thousand true fans really resonated really well with me but i mean that thousand doesn't matter right it can be 10 it can be uh 10,000, whatever it is but um when when you're talking to these, I, 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 you're in such a unique position because of your background in DeFi and product and crypto, and then now this juxtaposition between both, well, all three, I guess, meme, raccoons, and the nifties. Like it, it's such a unique perspective that you have, where you're the different touch points across the di- varying types of NFT communities here. So I. 
I want to go into raccoons because I think it's, well, I'm a proud raccoon holder as well, but I think it's a fascinating experiment as well. But first, let's talk a bit about these big brands that you're talking to. What What is the goal? I mean, is it just to look cool or it's more of finding out who their true supporters are? Like what what kind of resonates really well with these big brands and companies in thinking about their metaverse or web three or NFT strategy uh, when you're talking with them, with somebody like Nifty's? Yeah. Yeah. So at Nifty's, as many of you've seen, if you're aware of, of Nifty's, we've, we've gotten in deep with Warner brothers. So we, when we launched, we launched with space jam. And then at the end of last year, we launched with matrix. And then we've got some other really cool partnerships coming up later this year, but it's more than just launching a PFP project. You know, when we did matrix, it was a hundred thousand PFP NFTs and we sold out within hours. I think we we're the first hundred K PFP project to sell out, but, but that was really the start. Um, we're, we're, we're actually working with them on, okay, what's next? Well, now we have this community of passionate people and they have these matrix characters. And then if you were around in, in January, you have your character and then you could choose between a red pill or a blue pill. And that really kicked off like this story that we're telling on our platform. We think of Nifty's as the engagement platform, experiential platform. It's more than buying and selling. You can definitely buy and sell. But I think those are table stakes. And it's really more about telling a story, participating in, in a journey and alongside community members. So we, we're building out this engagement platform where it's like these gamified activities where a user can take their avatar and they're in the center of the story. For the example of Matrix, they, you know, they play the role of Neo. They have their own character and they, they have its own, it has its own name, but they're playing in that central role of the first movie of the matrix where uh, you take the pill, you go down the hole, you, you learn the, down the rabbit hole, you, you learn who, you know, who these people are, you, you discover who's on your team, right? You, you, you learn skills and then you fight the bad guys, <laughs> you fight the agents. And, each character that's participating on the Matrix storyline, they'll, they'll be able to play that. And it's not really a game, so to speak. It's not a video game, but it kind of blurs the lines between like this kind of fun, gamified engagement and you're able to make choices and kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure on the blockchain. And uh, you'll be able to earn rewards. Some of the rewards are additional NFTs. Some of the rewards are like physical products or you know, IRL experiences. So the, we're, we're building that out, not just for Matrix, but a lot of our other partners. So kind of going back to your question of like why brands are interested in this, it's just that. It's, okay, a big, a big blockbuster movie in a particular franchise maybe comes out every couple of years, right? I don't know, have they confirmed a new, a new Matrix? That the last one wasn't, wasn't amazing. But, you know, big movies, big tentpole releases are every couple of years. What, what do you do with your fans in between? And there is this dormant or otherwise or, or vocal base of, of people that just can't get enough Matrix or whatever, whatever the IP is. And it's really about keeping those users engaged, continuing to uh, work with them. In, in, in Warner's case, continuing to provide uh, content that engages, continuing to you know, get them excited about other products and spinoffs and it's a revenue opportunity for Warner. It's like, it, it's, it's, it doesn't sound sexy, but it's like airline miles or these like 
reward programs, you know, AMC movie ticket reward programs. Like it doesn't sound sexy, but like in a way, I think that's how they think about it. It's ways to keep them coming back, keep them engaged. We just do it in a really fun way using NFTs, which means the users can can own a piece of this, right? So they, they are into keeping users engaged, additional rev- revenue opportunity. And to their credit, and, and a lot of other groups that we're talking to, they're they're totally experimenting, right? Like we've we've had success in in one respect, but they've been really open to trying new things. So I think a lot of it and why these brands are doing it is just to figure this thing out and not be left behind and be at the you know the forward the front end of this thing. Uh, if you're a media company and you're not experimenting with this tech, then something's wrong. So to their credit, a lot of our partners are are looking at it the right way. I love it. Absolutely fascinating. I mean, really true fan engagement in a new, unique way. And I think positioning yourself as a trailblazer and forward-looking, forward-thinking is very important. I'd be curious for these big companies, though, like what are their biggest worries, whether it be regulation or the fact that, you know, all of these can be done without a blockchain on some central Mm. uh, database, obviously blockchain, true ownership and stuff, but They've got to be worried about onboarding and ease of use for the majority of their users. What's when we're kind of like the the pushbacks or biggest worries from most of these bigger brands? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the other side of the coin. You know, I, like I just said, they've been really experimental, but it's always the lawyers that kind of bring it home, right? And they're the responsible parties in the in these in these conversations. They they care about. Uh, treating their brand right and they they do want to bring you know when you think about space jam the looney tunes characters they they care about bringing these characters forward to the to new generations but they have to be careful because it is it's their ip so you know there's there's been a lot of review process on on art and creative and and things like that where otherwise we'd have a little bit more leeway what one other thing and, and and part of the reason why nifties is so compelling to project or for projects coming from big, big brands, big companies is because we are uh, new user friendly and we're energy efficient. Energy efficiency, you know, in, in the blockchain means very low gas fees, right? Transaction fees, energy efficient because we're using side chains to Ethereum. So it's great. It's great. Uh, it's great on the, the environment, which is something a lot of those bigger brands care about and it's new user friendly where you don't need an extension and you don't need to wire money from your bank. You really can just type in a credit card and all of a sudden you've got, you've got an NFT rather than going through, jumping through those hoops, we make it really easy. So yeah, combined um, that with like, we're not just a bunch of developers that have launched a project. Like we have, you know, my, my partner, Jeff Marsilio, he was an executive, an executive at the NBA our first hire, Shannon, decades at uh, big media brands like Vice. So we we come with like a background, and you know it's it's in our it's in our vision, it's in our uh, DNA to treat brands like they should be treated, like they're expected to be treated, handling artists and creators with care. So that that's 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 another benefit of of going with a company like Nifty's is that we we know how this media stuff works. Yeah. And talk a bit, I mean, about the energy efficiency and it's on Palm, 
blockchain, right? So a bit of your decision to build on Palm and kind of how that differs for, from other blockchains. Yeah, long-term vision for Nifties is to be platform agnostic, blockchain agnostic. So it doesn't matter much at the end of the day where your NFT is sitting. Those of us that have been in the space for a while, a little bit more techie care, but a new user coming in, they don't, they don't yet care which, which blockchain your NFT is sitting on. So our long-term vision is to be the experience layer and eventually NFTs will be, will be on multiple blockchains. However, you got to start somewhere, right? And when I launched or when we launched the company, I was coming out of consensus. I'm an ex-consensus employee and consensus invested in nifties. And we decided to kind of be partners in the launch of the Palm blockchain. And Palm is a Ethereum sidechain. It's a proof of authority sidechain. And it's it, it's super gas efficient, as I mentioned, and really cost effective. It's it's NFT focused sidechain. And that's 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 where we launched. And so everything that we've we've released from our platform right now is the Palm blockchain. And they're great. They allow us to kind of offload all that energy concerns right because they're 99.9 percent more energy efficient than layer one ethereum and they've been a good partner in allowing us to kind of scale and and grow um but at the end of the day you know we are we want to go where the creators are we want to go where the collectors are so we'll continue to uh support more and more look look for announcements in the coming months around future support for future blockchains so that's that's our official nifty's position Gotcha. Makes sense. In in general, like cross-chain NFTs, I look, I believe that we're going to live in this multi-chain world and different chains for different things. And NFTs will live on multiple chains and you'll, you know, the experience layer companies will be very important. But how, I mean, the, the devil's in the details with cross-chain NFTs or moving an NFT from one chain to another how do you how do you envision that working like in the future once we've worked out a lot of the ui ux yeah i think that's the challenge right there is the ux you know you and i are fine changing the rpc and metamask but that's 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 that can be difficult for a lot of people out there It, it is a challenge and that's one that we're embarking on here here now at nifties is like what does a a multi-chain network what does a multi-chain platform like how do we do that we've done a really you know we've done a great job already being able to jump between different networks between ethereum and palm on our current experience and you know we, we we kind of we've built on top of an existing wallet structure the the magic link out of the fortmatic group and and we kind of control the whole wallet experience so there are things that we can do to remove like the user doesn't necessarily have to hit accept to you know the approvals for moving an ERC20 out of their wallet you know in one example we can actually do that for them so there are certain things that we can do on the the ux side to make it really easy but at the same time it's it's difficult it's like well i can't sell this until i first bridge it over to this blockchain and then there are things that you can do maybe a layer higher but then is it truly decentralized so i think it's you know you you caught us right in the middle of us trying to figure some of this stuff out and i know that there are other projects over there other projects out there that are doing some interesting things when it comes to you know, cross-chain NFT projects, but but we hope to be at again at that that leading that bleeding edge of 
determining what's the proper experience, how much centralization is ideal. But it, but, but you hit it right on the head, the UX UI challenge, especially as we're trying to bring in, you know, millions of users that haven't done this before. That that's certainly a challenge. Yeah. And, you know, all these things will be worked out in time for sure. It's just going to be, you know, one of those things that we wish we could snap our fingers and all of these <laughs> things worked out, but there, there's some bumps and bruises along the way. Shifting, shifting gears a little bit. So let's talk about raccoons and CC0 <laughs> and what this means and kind of like all great things of the internet, they start with a late night tweet <laughs> and a strong community. But yeah, let's talk a little bit more about CC0 and raccoons. It looks like we have a couple of raccoons in the in the community. What's up, guys? So yeah, like like you said, like like a lot of my side projects that kind of starts with just silliness, starts with a silly tweet. And I just made a dumb dumb tweet a couple of weeks ago of a of a I, I, I just noticed that CC0 comes up in a couple words in, including raccoon, CCO. So I was just making a, a cringe tweet that joked about CC0 raccoon project. Uh, a couple days go by and my wife and kids are out of town and I had some free time and I'm like, you know what? I, I actually want to build, build something again. You know, when, when you're a founder and a manager, you don't really get to get your hands dirty. So I spent a day and a half just like jumping in and I ended up building out the raccoon projects and deploying the NFT contracts on my own. And that was actually the first solidity contract I've ever deployed. I've been in this space for a long time and worked with engineers and brilliant smart contract developers. But this is the first time that I that I kind of jumped in and, and figured it out and deployed my own contract. So that was really all it was. It was just supposed to be a fun thing I was having fun with. If I'm going to launch something, I may as well make it, you know, put my own twist on it. And so I grabbed, you know, a hundred photographs of raccoons. They were already in the public domain. They were already CC0. And then I launched the project. And I assumed that maybe a few people would would pick it up and we'd have some fun with it. But the community, as as they often do, kind of took it and ran. They had other ideas and, and it just kind of blew up. It, you know, was hovering for a couple of days at around 0.1 floor, 0.1 ETH floor. But then a few other people, some heavy hitters got involved and it was kind of cool where it was all happening in real time. And someone said, oh, hey, I'll go do this or I'll go build a Twitter bot. Someone said, hey, what if we dropped the, the trash token on all the holders? And at that point, you know, everybody got excited and the the floor went to a, a few ETH. I think now it's sitting around, I don't know, five or six ETH floor at the moment. But yeah, it's just a, a silly a silly group that turned into something slight less silly and a little bit more serious where, yeah, it's 100 PFPs uh, of a raccoon. And we just, we're in a gated discord and we make raccoon jokes and we're, we're talking about doing other things like, you know, donating to raccoon charities, literally. Now we have the, the trash token ecosystem and we have some developers building out like staking mechanisms so that you'll be able to deposit your trash in the dumpster and go dumpster diving for, for new NFTs. Like I'm not, I'm not making this up. Somebody's actually working on this. So it, it turned into this crazy nft community that's that's really just you know 
a small group of passionate people. And it's just amazing that this is, you know, all this stuff is really is only possible with, with, with web three. It's, it's so flipping cool. man. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, <laughs> just love it. I mean, well, you tell your story because you got in pretty early as well. Did you well, mint from the contract? Yeah. I did. I did. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like you and <laughs> want to support whatever you did. And you <laughs> had a late night project with a picture of a raccoon. So I thought, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll mint one of these. So <laughs> that's cool. And then, you know, didn't pay attention. And next thing I know, minted out. And now then it was like a six ETH floor. So for the people listening, you know, 15000 or $15,000 base price right now. But uh, no, I mean, I think the community and the, the thing that kind of evolves out of these things, you can create something truly magical and it's it's pretty cool. That's for sure. So I, I, I'm curious, like the the raccoons, for instance, it's very much this this group effort, community initiative, bunch of people adding ideas on where this could go. But do you have a like back of the envelope plan as soon as you started seeing this thing take off of where you wanted to see it go or just kind of letting it go where you know my my original goal was just create a group of 100 people and just have a community and kind of see see where it goes i really like the idea you know these these DAOs, these collector DAOs. I'm a big NFT collector myself. I'm also a member of of Proof, and I see some Proof people here in the audience. And I just love that we we get, you know, we use these tokens to like do gated gated access of like passionate people. And you know, whoever's in this group, without even talking to them, you know that they're they're kindred spirits, right? We've got something in common. Really easy to have conversations, and we're all kind of pulling in the same direction so it was really interesting to me if like what if instead of a thousand people we did it at a hundred people level a hundred tokens uh, we start small i'm i'm you know i'm a i'm a web two startup guy so i like the, the idea of mvp and like lean lean startups so i wanted to start small and and see where it see where it went so that's why i started at 100 and there was there was really no preconceived notions of like yeah this is going to be have have like a floor of 70th or this was going to drop a token or you know i think that i think some really big things could happen with this project and it and our, our team is really solid it's made up of some really good really strong builders and some really amazing artists as well and this thing could could be something interesting i'm just involved in so many different things in this space including you know i have my own company that i co-founded you know i've got i've got a family <laughs> i just don't have unlimited hours so I'm I'm hopeful though that we can find find some help and find others that can help push this forward because really it's it's quite an eclectic mix of people and they've got the right meme you know with with meme with the big M <laughs> uppercase meme don't buy meme that that we launched two years ago uh, it it looks awfully familiar <laughs> if you're if you're familiar this uh, this raccoon project to what we did with the pineapple project and it really is. You know, you, you really start with a meme, you start with a joke, you create a community, and then you see what happens. Sometimes it fizzles away and other times it just kind of, it just kind of uh, sparks something and you get the right people to come around and, and pick it up and run with it. We saw that with meme and Silver Surfer is kind of carrying the flag forward and his team. And with, with this raccoon thing, it's still early 
but we've got enough passionate people pulling in the same direction that really the sky's the limit. You know, we, we've discussed a lot of other follow-on things where, you know, the, the hundred quantity of tokens could be Gen Zero, and then Gen One would be, you know, more of a traditional 10K project, or we just keep it at the hundred, but we do, you know, more derivative works. There's there's a lot of ideas and collaborations that have that are already in discussion, and, and like like I mentioned, some some staking tools that are already being built as we speak. But um, the beautiful thing is that like I, I'm I'm totally cool being the the igniter here, the instigator, if you will, and seeing what the community can do with it. That's what's most exciting for me. Absolutely. Uh, you you touched on it briefly, but I think it's it's worth kind of double clicking the power of memes and outside of the crypto space, we, we just take take it for granted a bit of like the of almost memeing memeing it into existence. But I just finished Luke Burgess's book, Wanting the Power of Mimetic Desire. And it it really just goes into a lot more detail on the power of memes in this way. But I mean, you lived firsthand in the power <laughs> of memes with your first startup and Don't Buy Meme and now Raccoons. Can you speak a little bit kind of for the non-crypto audience on the power of memes and what this really means? Sure, yeah. I, I, I think memes i know i know those of us that are natively digital grew up online a lot of us just think about it like they we kind of take it for granted uh, a lot of people think it's just you know it's a gift that gets posted online and it's got text on a gif or whatever but really meme is is more of like if it's any form of communication any media and it's it's a way to kind of package something up and convey an idea right so it's can be synonymous with propaganda, right? That's off, that's usually negative connotations there, but it's just it's a it's a way to communicate one idea, and then it it tends to if it's if it's the right if it's formatted the right way, it tends to spread virally. Some if you for users that have been in the crypto space for a while, the meme Bitcoin for, for Bitcoin is digital gold, and it's really just like shorthand digital communication to use memes just like we see in emojis right it's it's so much in a lot of cases it's so much easier to convey an emotion with emojis you've got hundreds or however many are however many emojis there are to convey and now we've got tens of thousands if not millions of of gifts that we can share just another another way to communicate with people and it just makes it's just so easy to do online and and you can tell when certain things hit and cer certain things catch on and th this idea is communicated and the, the, the receiver of the, of the message just kind of, you know, is, is aware and, and they pick it up and they get the idea and they share it again. So memes, memes are just like throughout, throughout history, throughout, throughout the industry, throughout every industry, just kind of prevalent. I've, I've, I, I've kind of used them to my advantage. You know, several years ago, I made it kind of my goal for that year. I think it was no, I think it was 2019. I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to grow my following. And one way to do that is just to what they call shit posting, right? Where you're just, you, you, you have some knowledge of the space, but you're otherwise just tw trying to t tweet things that get a reaction. So I spent, you know, solid effort in trying to increase my follower count and try to post engaging stuff. Sometimes it is 
it is more just like a shit post. Other times it's I, what I think could be meaningful or insightful. And so that that's kind of been, you know, we've kind of been living on memes for a while before I actually built a project called Meme. But yeah, they're just so powerful. And it's a way to just get a community pulling in the same direction. And it's it's no coincidence that all these PFP projects and NFTs in general, crypto in general, are where they are because of because of memes, because of the power of memetics. Yeah, love it. I'm curious, have you seen the video line goes up or number goes up that like critics take on NFTs? Oh yeah, that one came out maybe a month ago, a month or two ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw bits and pieces of that. Okay. Well, I mean, his it for me, you know, I'm always in my um, echo chamber of uh, NFTs <laughs> are the next big thing and crypto's here to stay. So I I quite like to hear, you know, skeptics, a, a well-researched skeptic, not just I don't understand it, so it's stupid and it should go down, but like a well-researched skeptic's take. He has valid concerns in the video, focus on price, hyper-financialization, like this in versus out crowd. So, I, I mean, these are very powerful things that like unique communities, but also could be quite negative for the space. Where where amongst these things, or, or perhaps since you haven't seen it or, or the whole thing, like where could things go wrong with NFTs right now? Where are blind spots as crypto NFT per- permables? What valid arguments do these non-NFT people have, I guess? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I, I, I think I don't know if it's if it's unique to NFTs, but a thought around crypto in general and, and, and one of the, the knocks or one of the the main kind of kind of complaint is that it's the rich getting rich. And it's people that have come in early and they were just, you know, lucky or whatever it is, fortunate enough to get in early and everyone else is is, you know, playing this game of hot potato. Just don't be the last to leave. We we need to be as as a group, we need to be there's there's a delicate balance, and I think I'm I'm trying to walk that balance of like some of the projects that I do are more for the advanced user, right? Like you need to in, to mint a raccoon, you needed to mint directly from the contract. Uh, so it's so it's definitely a little a little bit more advanced. With meme, you were actually staking, you know, uni, Uniswap LP tokens. We need to counteract this like DGen insider work with more outward facing, accessible projects. So I'm excited that I get to do both with nifties being the the counterbalance, right? Where I can build super accessible NFT projects and make it really easy for a new user to get in and, you know, plug in a credit card and you can get a matrix NFT. But we don't want to lose the spark. We don't want to lose the fun of, you know, that that we enjoy as more advanced users. Because if, 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 if it is this echo chamber of people that have just been in this space and we continue to use these same memes, you know, the other side of the coin is that, you know, some of these things, some of these memes and some of these quotes, GM and WA, GMI, uh, if they're not accessible, and I think those ones are, are fairly accessible, but if, if our terminology at the end of the day doesn't like appeal to new users then then we we have all failed if we're not accepting and we're not creating content that is accepting that is accessible to a brand new user 
and we're kind of just spinning in circles and, you know, minting projects for each other and just kind of passing the torch. But it, we, we really need to be more um, new user facing and thoughtful in not just, you know, what we post on Twitter, but also the, these projects that we're launching. And, and we're going there, you know, Coinbase is going to launch NFT platform at some point. I think that's going to be a big step forward. What we're doing at Nifties and what we're about to launch the rest of this year is just being is just being open. And I think that's one of the benefits of the blockchain itself is that everything is transparent. Everything is on chain. We just kind of have to have an honest conversation with ourselves and with with newbies around like like where we're at in the market. Like a lot of people ask around like, should I get in? And it's like don't buy something because you think the number is going to go up. Buy something because you really resonate with it. And you're not going to look at something and re- necessarily instantly identify with it. You need to like know the backstory. You need to know the creator to get in the community because, you know, we've, we were all or many of us were around in, in 2017 when the hype kind of got ahead of itself. And I, there's always the danger here. What, what's, what's encouraging to me is that the creators and publishers and big brands seem to be doing, doing it right. And they're, they're, there's so much more here than just a quick cash grab. But I would just recommend people that are getting into this space, just do your homework, set aside a 0.1 ETH or 0.2 ETH and experiment and just write that off as a loss because you're going to be sending it around and you're going to be minting out NFTs and, and you're going to sell it on OpenSea. Just get in here and experiment. And, and I think you can quickly you can quickly identify the bad actors and you can separate the good projects from the bad projects and the people that are in it just for number to go up and the people that are in it for for the right reasons. So that's that's how I recommend new people getting into the space. Great stuff. So I'll I'll ask one more question. I know we're getting up towards the end of the time period. Where can my listeners find out a little bit more about you, Nifties, Meme, Raccoons? Where where would you like to send people? I would say I'm pretty active on Twitter. So check out Twitter. I'm at Jordan Lyle. That's just my full name altogether. J-O-R-D-A-N-L-Y-A-L-L. Right now, my PFP is a is picture of a raccoon. It's token ID number zero. Um, but find out on Twitter and I link to all the different projects that I, that I'm involved in nifties.com. Uh, be sure to check that out. Yeah. I would say I'm pretty, I, I like to think of myself as like instantly going to Twitter when I went and the last thing that I looked at, it's probably not healthy, but I do spend a lot of time on Twitter. Well, Jordan, awesome to have you really appreciate you taking the time today. There you go. First off, thank you very much for listening all the way through. I hope you got a lot of value out of that conversation. As always, you can find show notes, links, and more at altassetallocation.com. Please share this with anyone you think might be interested and derive any value from this conversation. And as always, you can reach out to me for any feedback or questions. Please give the video a like or even better subscribe on YouTube or your podcast player of choice. This really helps others find the podcast or the video as well. Thanks a lot. Hope everybody has a fantastic day and stay safe out there and invest wisely. Cheers.